thanks for hey, hey. out today. Um, day, man. Yeah. Um, wanted to kick this off with giving a little bit of background on yourself um, and, and what you do. And then sure. we'll go from there. Sure. Yeah. So my name's uh, my name's Corbin. Uh, so I'm a realtor here, here in uh, Langley, Cloverdale, Surrey area. Been in the business for about five years now. Um, I thought I'd just jump on and, and have the chance to chat to you and, and let everybody kind of see what's happening to the market. Chat a little bit about real estate, about uh, the difficult realities everyone's going through. But you know, hopefully, hopefully keep it light and have a few laughs along the way. Um, my background, yeah, being in real estate is we're seeing obviously an unprecedented turn of events when it comes to the real estate market, it comes to the housing market in general, obviously with COVID-19, hour by hour, things are changing. So we can probably get into a lot of that today. Um, but yeah, just my hope that, you know, maybe we can have some useful information for people, help help folks out who are having a tough time, like, uh, like all of us are. Yeah, I mean, on that note, actually, it's very timely that, uh, and, and I like the fact that right over your shoulder, it says hustle and, and limitless because, uh, you know, the market's shifting. Um, yeah. It's, it, you know, people are asking, it's like, well, is the market re retracting? And the economists are saying that, like, by the end of the year, the retraction will be 1.1% of GDP, which, like, 1% is not a whole lot. However, a lot is shifting, right? Yeah. And it's shifting into different things. So, like, I mean, um, I actually got off a call, for as an example, with a guy that was like, I cannot hire fast enough. I need drivers. I need people in the warehouse. Mm -hmm. I need like, I need people doing this, that salespeople. Like, and he's yeah. like, I need like to hire 30 people in the next 30 days or more. Yeah. But meanwhile, other people are being laid off. So it's, it's about, it's about that friction between people switching jobs rather than like, well, did all the jobs disappear? I mean, some of them did, but there's other people that are hiring dozens of people at a time in businesses that frankly aren't that big. Like he has like yeah. a 50 person business. He's trying to hire 30 people. Wow. Right. Wow. Um, but how this relates, I guess, to real estate, I mean, I'll, I'll give you my observations because, I mean, I, I'm a real estate investor myself, as, as you know, Corbin. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, I mean, like, I'm putting actually one house up for sale, uh, which is up north, um, just to test, mm. just to test the market. Like, it, and if I don't get the price that I want, I'm going to keep it. It's cash flow positive. The province has given, like, investors a bit of a, a break on, on getting some money. Yeah, you can't evict people, but they're giving us some money, which is like good enough kind of for now to, uh, do you mean, do you mean the, do you mean the deferrals is that we're talking about or uh, there's a... deferrals and apparently they've like announced this thing where you can get out around $500 per renter, I think. Um, and our mortgages are really low. So right. I yeah, like, hour by hour by hour that, that sort of things change. We'd love to hear what you've heard on that. Cause I think all of us realtors literally by the hour, we're trying to pass up more useful information and it's changing by the I, hour. I agree. Like the amount of information, is incredible and it changes um the only reason i'm staying up to date is specifically because like my accountant sends me updates uh but they're not easy to understand either um no. and and you get conflicting information so i mean uh, disclaimer like right now like this is what i understand this isn't necessarily what's true today um but i mean i've, I've heard that there's like some relief outside of the, the deferrals and they're paying um about 500 like if a renter isn't paying or something um, I have to look into it more. Um, but yeah, like I'm seeing listings happening. Um, I'm not sure why, like maybe people think that their house value is going to go down soon. I, I have no idea, but I have seen a lot of listings. Um, what's your experience? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I could literally pinpoint it to last Monday, which I believe is, I think it's the 16th or, or something along those lines. So literally the market was just about like just starting to experience it in the end of February, um, a crazy uptick. Things were on fire, multiple offers, multiple offers like we haven't seen since 2017. Um, so because of all that, uh, that action, I mean, the market definitely was on the way up and things were, were bidding themselves up. Prices were going up, activity was going up, volume was going up. And literally that came uh, to almost a standstill last Monday. So I think that's the 16th or 17th. We had open houses uh, previous to that and it wasn't really any direction of the government or, or the BC real estate, uh, um, you know, council or BC real estate, um, uh, sorry, yeah, the council or whatever. They weren't saying that we couldn't do them and, and nope, the public wasn't really, uh, you know, too concerned really up until after last weekend and all the new mandates came out. So because of that, literally the media bombarding us with all the new changes, everybody panicked. So everything went in terms of activity and went haywire pretty much last week. So to answer your question, what, what are we seeing in the market? What are we experiencing? Um, right now, uncertainty is, is probably the biggest word I can say. Um, we think without, without question, uh, there's almost no doubt in my mind, if you look at all the economic uh, indicators, you know, employment, uh, job loss, people uh, relying on, um, you know, government uh, services and government subsidies. I mean, the incomes are being wiped out. Um, down payments and wealth is being wiped out, whether that be you losing your wealth because you have to pay your rent and you lost your job, or if you have money in the stock market, like some of our clients do, that just got wiped out like 30% for a lot of people. Um, retirement plans, things of that nature. So we're seeing that there's a lot of activity uh, in, in small, small spots right now. We're seeing a lot of, uh, you know, hype to either buy a place before you lose your job or sell your place before you lose your job or, you know, move before things get crazy. And every long-term indicator is kind of suggesting that everything's going to come down. It's, it's without, I mean, I don't want to be a, a doom and gloom and, and, you know, if someone wants to give me an argument, be a, a better point, why things may not, that's great. But I mean, for example, a million people, last week applied for, applied for, sorry, unemployment insurance in Canada. Now, my understanding was last year at the same time, it was something like 27,000 uh, during the same week. That's a, that's a, a you know, a 40 or 50 times yeah. increase in the amount of people applying for social assistance, indicating they probably lost their job, their incomes, which is what drives your ability to, to buy a home. So with less buyers, yeah. how could the market increase? Uh, so it's just a matter, I think, of where the bottom's at, how fast it'll come down and, and uh, how we can all you know, buyers and sellers alike, how we can all get through this together and, and uh, try to make the most out of it. Yeah, I mean, um, I didn't know it was a million. Like, that's an incredible number. Um, I would speculate on the fact that, like, I mean, hospitality workers, like, that's a, that's a, that's a clear slate wipe. Like, I mean, if you had 40 people employed at a restaurant or 60, it's yeah. like you might maybe retain your GM if that yeah. And then every, like, I mean, and then you're letting everyone else go. So, I mean, how many of those are hospitality workers? I would say like a lot. Um, I heard some, a figure like the keg let, um, laid off over 10,000 people in Canada or wow. more. And it's like, that's just, people. that's just one restaurant. Right. So, well, I mean, yeah. So to your point about like a million, it's like, well, that's, that's a big percentage of, of the labor pool. Um, when it comes to real estate specifically, I wonder how many of those people really, well, may, maybe not in other areas of the country, but specifically in our area of the country, how many of them could really even 
afford to buy a house given the fact that prices are very high anyway. Um, it's a, it's a, a bit of a domino effect, right? So I think the way to look at it is nothing's in a vacuum. So you look at, um, you know, long-term economic indicators of, of employment rates, vacancy rates, uh, rental prices, uh, which all correlate with, with real estate specifically. And um, like, for example, my old profession, I, I used to work in the health and fitness industry and I worked for a great company, Steve Nash Fitness World, uh, formerly Fitness World. Loved it there. One of the, probably the best place, uh, you, you know, I could, you could work if you're in the health and fitness industry. And um, I've a lot of close and dear friends of, of mine who uh, worked there with me for several years. Some, some worked there before me and, and were there after me. And they just laid off. And uh, my understanding is it's indefinite. They just laid off everybody and shut their doors. They employed, from my understanding, over 2,000 employees. So you've got Steve Nash Fitness World, Steve Nash Sports Clubs. Um, you've got uh, the UFC gyms, Crunch Fitness. They were all under the same umbrella group. Every single one of those people um, just woke up to an email on Wednesday that, uh, hey, uh, we're closing our doors indefinitely. These are from the, from the front desk staff that were making, you know, 12, 15 bucks an hour to top level executives and, and managers and, and close friends of mine who were making 50, 60, 70, 100, over $100,000. Like these were their careers they worked at for 14 hours a day, uh, six days a week, and, and all of them just got wiped out. So, I mean, you've got industry after industry like that. And like you said, right, hands-on businesses like the hospitality industry, restaurants, hotels, um, every single gym, every small situation that requires physical contact. You can't, you, know, you can't do a Zoom call like this uh, to work out. Unfortunately, I, I could personal train you over, the, over this video, but we can't, uh, you know, I can't put you through a workout, right? You can't buy my gym membership. So based on that domino effect, uh, to go back to your other question, I mean, the ripple effect or domino effect, whatever you want to call it, is going to affect all sectors of our society. And I think that no matter what, because, you know, housing, whether you rent or whether you buy or sell, everybody needs a place to stay. So when everyone as a total country comes down a, a notch, that has to affect valuations when it comes to real estate and has to affect your, your, your rental rates as well, too. So based on that, would you predict something like down? People are going to start figuring out ways to downsize if they can. I think people will, will try to, um, you know, I'll, I'll take many of my clients for an example. The advice I've been giving is uh, people are wondering, you know, what do I do? I still have a job today if they're, if they're blessed to have one still. And, uh, you know, they're thinking, should I be trying to refinance my home when I still have a job and the bank will allow me to take out equity, for example, if they own a home? Um, in which case, my advice to anyone out there watching this, if you have a job still, you've got good credit and you're, you have a lot of equity in your home, um, you should seriously consider potentially um, you know, sooner than later, taking out that equity and, and keeping it as, as cash, keeping it as a, a safety net. It's hard to predict the day-by-day -day situation. And if you've got the means, get it. If you can get lines of credit at low interest rates secured against your home, get it. If they're high interest rates against your home or not against your home, get it. Get every piece of credit, everything you possibly can, because you don't know what's going to happen. Um, I hate to be a, you know, sky is falling doom and gloom, but in this market with this much uncertainty, if you lose your job tomorrow, you lose all all your ability to refinance your home. It doesn't matter if you, if you owe $100,000 on a $2 million home, you qualify for nothing if you don't have a job, meaning that all that equity, it's great, it's in your home, you could sell it, but if you don't wanna sell your home, especially in this uncertain market, you better just take the equity out. So if you've already unfortunately had the, the dire circumstances of, of lose your job, um, you know, look to see what programs are, are available. I, I was on a great call last night with a bunch of my close colleagues and friends uh, other realtors, and we were trying to, um, you know, look at different methods that people can 
um, you know, apply for social assistance. So if you're a renter, like you mentioned uh, earlier before the call, Nick, is, is if you're a renter, you can apply for, I think it's up to $500 um, for, uh, per month or for a certain amount of time towards your rent to, to you know, help you make that payment towards your housing. If you're a landlord, um, it's hard to say exactly. Every bank has different policies. Uh, you had mentioned there's some relief in terms of cash subsidies, which I haven't looked into myself, but there are deferral programs that vary quite a bit. So I'll give you an example, like an actual example. Uh, Scotia Bank, from what I understand, is allowing, I think, up to three rental properties and your primary residence is allowing um, you to defer the, pro the your payments. Now, I think if you've got um, rental properties, they're saying you can defer them for, I think, up to three months. Uh, and again, this is just what I've heard and read. The information is, is not entirely clear at this minute, and it does change like literally day by day. So all of you watching, do your homework, look it up, call your bank. At the end of this call, we can post a link below to the phone numbers of all the institutions. Uh, they have a hotline you can call, or they have a customer service line you can call. But um, yeah, that's that's my advice for anyone is, is try to, you know, get cash in the bank, protect you and your family, do whatever you can. Um, you know, we don't know how long we're all in, in this thing for. So, you know, whatever you can do to shield yourself, right? You, you need to protect yourself. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, like any credit that you take, you don't have to use it but you should get it right. That's really like the lesson here. Exactly. Um, I mean, uh, to, to the point of like, I mean, unemployment, um, I do think that jobs are popping up, not at the rate that jobs are being cut, but I do believe that jobs are popping up <clears throat> at like a pretty fast rate for specific, uh, people. I mean, a lot of these are actually delivery jobs from what I've seen or like warehouse management or mm -hmm. uh, things of that nature. Um, Simply because, I mean, supply chains are being stretched. Um, they're not used to, like, being able to have to pump up this level of product this fast. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the jobs are out there, but people need to aggressively look at it. Interestingly, on the call that I was just on, actually, as well, one gentleman um, has a, a series of franchises, and he said that people are simply taking the AI because they're like, I don't feel comfortable coming into work, which is interesting because, like, he, he has, like, a, you know, like a franchise where like he's actually protected them and like there's plexiglass between them and the customer and like the whole nine. Mm -hmm. And people are just like, look, like at the end of the day, like the hit that I'm taking on EI and all these other programs, like I don't need to give you an explanation. So I'm firing myself. Like I'm, I'm basically not going to show up to work just FYI. And he's like struggling to find people to want to work. Yeah. So I think, I think a lot of businesses are like that right now. A lot of like, if you're, if you're um, like a house cleaner, for example, we, you know, we hire house cleaners to help, uh, help our, our clients out when they sell a property. Oftentimes, um, you know, we have a house cleaner ourselves, and um, you would think, okay, this is a job that, you know, people are, you know, they're by themselves in someone's home with all the protective gear. Maybe it's something that they, they, they want to do. Now they haven't declared, you know, to shut down all those businesses necessarily. Some of these people are self-employed. That's their only source of income. So there's some out there, you know, struggling, trying to you know, figure out the safest, way safety is the name of the game um, to complete these jobs that they, they have. But yeah, I mean, I know someone who owns a, a cleaning company and um, you know, I think from what I understand, half of the 30 something contractors that, that work uh, for her have decided they're just not going to work. And um, which is, which is absolutely fair and, and good. And I think those people should have the freedom to, you know, feel safe, whatever they do. But 
you know, a lot of people are, are feeling the squeeze. And I think you probably have, you know, 90% of people who are in good faith, you know, doing the honorable thing. And if they don't go to work, it's because they legitimately don't feel safe. And I think we should all, you know, be advocates for people to want to feel safe. But then I think you're always going to have no matter what, you'll have 10% of people, um, you know, bad actors who are just, you know, taking advantage of the situation and maybe not, uh, you know, not doing the, 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 you know, what they know to be true. And if they have a job where they can work at home and they know they could, and they could be totally safe, you know, they may try to take advantage, which, which sucks because that would take from somebody who's in great need and uh, needs to take that time off work because they have a job, which is unsafe and, and they need to stay home. Yeah, I, I actually, yeah, I'm definitely seeing this. Um, it's that small percentage of like bad actors that, you know, spoil it. But I mean, at the end of the day, like 90, I would say 95, even 98% of it is legitimate. Yeah. Where it's like a safety issue or like somebody has a sore throat and or like whatever it is and it's like and in this environment it's like well something like that is a legitimate cause to stay home um you know and you're doing probably like society a favor for for staying at home if if you don't even feel well right like absolutely well i, um, I heard you i heard you guys at your company i mean you, you were on top of this from day one apparently i was chatting to uh, really? chatting your team and, and they said you guys basically before before quarantine was 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 uh popular uh you know all, all the cool people were doing you guys were doing it ahead of time and um, yeah. you know probably protected your whole team and staff uh you know better than most people did we did the same thing i mean as soon as we learned about the nature of the threat we decided that that was that was time. I mean, we just you know we have a job where we work a lot with the public, but we also have a lot of stuff that we can do like this. Like a lot of these Zoom calls are, are a great way to communicate. You know, I can see your face, you can see my face. We don't need to be in the same room breathing on each other, giving each other COVID nineteen, but uh, we can have a great conversation, communicate. Um, and I've been doing that with the team, trying to do that with clients. Like after this call with you, Nick, I've got two back to back Zoom calls with two upcoming listing uh, clients and. You know, these are these are folks that don't need to sell right now, and I'm not even advising they necessarily do so unless they want to. But we're going to keep things as safe as possible. We're going to do the best practices. We're going to make sure that um, there's no unnecessary contact. And all my clients understand that they they fully embrace it. They they know we we're all in this together, and we got to do our part for society, not to you know not to risk the public. I mean, the sooner this goes away, the sooner all of us can get back to regular life, right? Yeah, I mean, like, on, on that note, I think, like, I mean, aside from the gloom and doom of, like, you know, this thing looming, which I think is very real, there's a ton of opportunity in the market, um, you know, like, not, not to be morbid about it or anything, but, you know, whenever people's behavior changes, there's opportunity. It's just unearthing it that's not necessarily easy. Like, an interesting thing that you said, Corbin, was, like, I can absolutely train you, you just can't come into my gym. It's like, well maybe those people that are out of a job need to like go on like Shopify or like Thinkific and do like a personal training coaching session, pre-recorded live, whatever it is. And, you know, charge like 20, 30 bucks a session to do like, you know, body weight workouts at home with like that people can do with like, you know, milk jugs full of water or whatever it is. It's like, totally. that's an opportunity. Um, yeah but it requires for people to like really abandon the way that they've looked at the world now and just assume that it's like, look, never before have, has somebody's like have people's most people's attention been completely on their phone or whatever. Like, you know, in advertising, we always use say, it's like you need to get people's attention in the first three seconds. Otherwise it doesn't work. It's like in today's reality, you probably have like 10 to 20 seconds to get somebody's attention. Because people yeah. have a whole, like the majority of people have yeah. a whole lot of time on their hands. 
Yeah. Well, um, I mean, you, you make you make a super good point there. Um, I mean, you, you think so. Back to what you said about you know the, the person with the gym, maybe maybe now they're a personal trainer online and they're doing video sessions. You know, I think in, I think in any crisis, you look back and, and you know I've been have a lot more time on my hands now, Nick. So I've been studying a lot of good stuff. You're trying to stay keep my head right. And uh, a lot of the the best innovations, the best inventions, the, the, the some of the biggest leaps in our society in terms of just quality of life inventions have come out of crisis through through uh, entrepreneurial efforts. So, I mean, I think if someone is, is a, a true entrepreneur and they, and they have that mindset of, you know, make it work no matter what, which, you know, the reality is, I mean, you know, as people like myself and you and other people we know who, who you know, have that entrepreneur spirit, but majority of people may not. And, and I think it's important to think, okay, for someone who is not looking to, to pivot their, their job they just did into some self business, even though that may be the best, maybe there's folks like me and you who can, you know, reach out to some of those people that we know close who, for example, lost their job. And it's like, okay, if you know a restaurant owner, how can you as like the expert marketer, Nick pivot and say, Hey, Sally, how about we focus on trying to drive, um, online uh, attention through Skip the Dishes and DoorDash to your business specifically so we can recover and recoup some of that income until this crisis is over because maybe they're not going to pivot so easy because they just don't have that mindset uh, to like, hey, let's let's fire the 17 servers and bartenders and, you know, go completely uh, digital, for example. But you're right. I mean, this market does create a lot of opportunity and there's always going to be winners, uh, big winners in a downturn. And I think if some of those people with those great ideas and people who are tend to lean more that way if they could help others around them and, and make it a win-win and i've got some friends myself who I'm, I'm talking to trying to offer them my advice how they can pivot their businesses uh, one of them's in the food business and we're talking about how we can uh, you know drive more um you know they do self self uh, packaged food and they advertise online if they can you know gain some market share and get more people eating healthy online with food delivery because that's the safest way when they come out of this they could have more market share than, than any of the other food delivery companies for example um, but Absolutely. it's case by case business, right? I mean, if you're, if you're an iron worker or you're a sheet metal worker or you're a construction worker, or you work in a, a crowded atmosphere, where you have to be hands on with your client. You don't own your own business. It's kind of tough to, to necessarily, you know, have the resources to be able to pivot and then just start your own business. So I think it's good that the government's put in place some, some, some mechanisms to help folks. And I think, um, you know, if anyone watching this is, has thought about what they could do with their business, like there's a lot of resources out there, right? Reach out to Nick. I mean, this is what you do for a living is you help businesses like myself market and, and grow and, and pivot and innovate. And you've helped us in a big way. So, I mean, if anyone watching this is, has a business, it's like, yeah, reach out. I mean, reach out to me, Nick, we'll put you in touch with some good people. And there's a lot of mastermind groups that I've seen uh, spring up, you know, overnight on Facebook, um, small business owners looking to, you know, get these zoom calls going, share their best practices. Um, we're all in this together, right? So, I mean, whatever anyone can do to help each other, I think it's important to, you know, don't, don't be afraid to reach out. Yeah, I mean, and to your point, it's like, you know, great great things are being done through the government. Uh, I mean, like, I don't know the details of them. I mean, as I said before, my accountant sends me all the, like, details on it. Um, small businesses do need a lot of help. Um, they're not, like, enterprise-level businesses where, like, you know, enterprise-level businesses, public businesses, like, they, they run, like, huge cash liquidities like like nine months of cash years worth of like you know years worth of cash like even if the revenue is like zero kind of thing wow. uh small businesses don't operate that way um and a lot of people need help from what i've seen cutting costs the right way 
because there's a right way of cutting costs and an ethical way of cutting costs, and then there's an unethical way of cutting costs. Um, and there's also a right way of cutting costs in a way where when the recovery does come, because it's inevitable that it will, it always does. Mm-hmm. Um, are you cutting costs in a way where you're not damaging your long-term prospect and your long-term sales when the recovery does come? Are you putting yourself in a position to win later on? Um, you know, it's, it's a big deal. Um, and what I like emphasize to most businesses is like, you need to retain your employees at like almost all costs. Unless like, look, hospitality, it's like, there's nothing to be done because it's like, it is what it is. Like, if you can't even open your doors, what can you do? But if you're in almost any other business that like doesn't have that personal interaction that you were saying, um, and you can be completely virtual. Um, I always urge people like cutting costs through letting go of employees. It's not just my opinion. Like, I mean, the data of like the last hundred years shows that companies that fire less weather the storm as a group and as a team and like are very open in communication with their team about this is the storm that we need to weather and yeah. everyone pulls together on the other side when the, re- the, the recession stops or whatever it is mm-hmm. um, those companies just blast everyone out of the water like it's incredible like and in, you're talking about like you know there's there's winners and losers and in, in an up in an up or down tick it's like the winners of the downtick are the people that can take care of their employees the most. It's yeah. really simple. Well, and that's, I think that's a, a great point. It's like, if you, if you can, if you are a business owner and a lot of, a lot of our, our friends and people maybe watching this have a business or, or work in a business in a, in a, a high level autonomous management level where they're trying to still, you know, they don't own the business, but they manage the business. They're trying to make these tough decisions. Um, yeah. Like you said, cutting costs, like I'll give you an example of what, what we did. Um, you know, we understand and appreciate that, you know, if we went, took marketing to zero, for example, uh, we could cut a lot of costs. We, we, we could cut a huge amount of costs. Uh, the majority of our expenses in this, in this industry is oftentimes marketing. Now, if we do that, we'll see some short-term savings, but this business is, is, you know, there's a lot of people cutting costs. And, and if you can somehow find a way to be, you know, pivot, be more innovative, um, and, and, you know, maybe save money in other ways. You know, if you, if you keep your you keep your head above water through a crisis like this, at the other side, there'll be a lot of people who don't make it. And if your marketing is strong and your branding is strong and your reputation, um, you know, is still out there, then you know you'll be one of the survivors. So we're trying to innovate in different ways to save money. So, for example, um, you know, from our future listings that we're going to be doing and some of the ones we just we just listed, uh, you know, we're we're going to be doing some virtual tours. We're going to be doing some. Um, you know, video work that we didn't do before. We might do Matterport, which is a 3D modeling of a home. We're going to get the marketing out there the best we can to help to help our clients sell their homes in this in this uncertain market. But we don't necessarily need to, you know, be you know, we we can't do open houses anymore. We can't be getting tons of people in close quarters. That's just not safe for the public. It's not safe for me, and it's it's uh, not a good move for society. So we can pivot. We can be innovative and and weather the storm. Like you said, when we come out of this, like there's there's four of us on my three other people on my team and there's going to be you know four of us th- through the whole thing there's no there's no not it's not even a question if we're going to be you know having four people it's just a matter of like okay what's it going to look like at the end and like you said strategically we're ethically cutting some expenses so instead of you know 17 bus benches and shelters we've got 14 instead of you know x thousand dollars per month in sel we might do you know 20 percent less but we'll pull from all areas and we'll keep our keep ourselves um you know being strategic with it and then 
you know, at the end of this, like you said, if you can weather the storm and hang on to your, hang on to the folks that work for you and, and uh, the people on your team, you know, you're going to be stronger for it. And you'll probably cut a lot of fat along the way. A lot of the, the stuff that's not maybe needed, but this shines a magnifying glass on your, on your expenses. And you realize, wow, you can do the same job, maybe cut 10% expenses. And maybe out of the, out of the, when the storm's over, maybe you just never needed that in the first place. So small, Actually, small silver lining. You hit the nail on the, uh, the nail on the head there because what we've seen, um, I mean, like, look, the market's been unbelievable for 10 years. And what we're seeing is that when we're going into clients and like this was even like five, six months ago, we're going into clients and saying like, look, you can cut your cost by like 30 to 50% and get the same result because they were doing things the same way for like four or five years. Um, because good times don't force innovation because you don't need it. You don't need to examine your costs. It's like, Hey, we, we just grew 20% last year, 10% or 5%, whatever that is. It's like, times are good. Yeah. Right. But in a downturn, if the, if your industry is shrinking, if you want to maintain your revenue, you have to actually like, you have to grow relative to the market to maintain your revenue. Right? Like if the market goes down 10%, you need to grow by like 10 to 12% to maintain your revenue where it is today. Yeah versus the market right so you need a greater share of the market to, to keep your revenue flat and it is possible it's just difficult yeah right yeah and yeah i mean and like, you've, taken like you the right, you've taken the right approach right like you're like how can i get efficiencies out of here maybe like i know that i'm paying you the same amount for all these benches but you know what i know that like these three like they don't get as much traffic as these other ones even though i'm paying the same amount so why would i do that yeah right and then you're like looking at your competitors and being like, what are people cutting costs on? I'm going to go into those areas and not cut costs to have an advantage over those people. Right. And that's what people like, you know, it, it's not just about what you're doing. It's about what like your competitors in your industry are doing right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, I mean, both of us work in industries that are very, you know, competitive of course. And, um, you know, you're competing against lots of other marketing agencies and I'm competing against lots of other realtors and, and, and to, you know, to, with our businesses. So, you know, even through, uh, I'm sorry, um, even through, you know, all this stuff, I mean, it's still very competitive. And, and like you said, if you can find innovative ways to, to cut costs, but still maintain, you know, the people that work for you and the team and the branding, I mean, you'll, you'll get out ahead. What I would say is a lot of people, obviously not in our situation, not in our position with a company or with a business or anything like that, is, is this going to apply to your home? This can apply to your your personal expenses. So to make this a bit more relatable for more people, um, you know, if you got folks that are you know thinking with their household budget, for example, um, you know, oh my gosh, I, I just lost my job, and maybe the household income goes from you know eighty thousand to forty thousand. That's a very realistic, uh, relatable situation for a lot of folks watching, because I know because I'm talking to people every day, and one of the spouses will will lose their job, unfortunately, apply for you know EI or whatnot. But you've got a very real situation where you've got maybe two weeks to a month of savings, maybe credit cards, maybe lines of credit, and you're used to spending X amount as if you make 80000 So how do you now all of a sudden cut your expenses to reflect earning 40000 You've got kids, you've got you know, all kinds of expenses. You know, me, me and my fiance team, we did the same thing. We analyzed our, um, you know, analyzed our expenses, and we, you know, we both made some concessions and just you know, short term, right? We're thinking, how do we make this work for the next three months or six months or hopefully two weeks? But I mean, how do we make it work? And, 
like anyone, any family, you know, you're going to go through a budget. If you haven't made a budget before, this will force you to be really critical of the expenses that you have. And it's, it's not fun, but it's, you know, it's more fun if you do it over a glass of wine or a beer and, you know, you, you try to make light of it because, you know, we're all in this together and, you know, you kind of go back and forth with your spouse or partner maybe and say, well, Hey, I'll, I'll stop, I'll stop eating out this way. And uh, maybe I'll stop at Starbucks and maybe, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll cut back here. And, and maybe there's things that you can, you, you can sell. Uh, maybe you've got a vehicle that, that you as a toy or a boat or something that you don't necessarily need now. And in, the, in this particular time, it makes sense to possibly sell it if you can sell it for, you know, a good, a good uh, value. So, I mean, I think like what we apply to our businesses, we're thinking that way because that's our biggest expense and our biggest, um, you know, income is, is our business. But I think for most folks, it's, it's their house. It's, you know, Hey, do we need to buy, brand name clothing versus uh, let's shop at army navy do we need to eat out uh this much or can we take it back and just you know uh, make more food at home and oftentimes you can find 10 20 percent of your household budget you can cut overnight and every little bit helps when you when you're trying to find a new job right yeah i mean honestly like the budgeting thing is that's one of the best pieces of advice uh because rarely do people do it because it's uncomfortable like i mean let's call it spade a spade like Doing a budget is not comfortable. It never is. It's not for a business. It's not for an individual. It never is. And that's in the best of conditions. Like, even if you're like, oh, like, you know, I, I stay afloat every month and now all's well with the world. It's still not comfortable even if you're creating a budget where everything's fine, let alone when it's not, right? So, but it is the best piece of advice because like really quickly to your point, Corbin, like, you find things that you're like, I can absolutely cut this every time, especially maybe not on a month to month, but like when you start looking at like, Oh, I bought a phone like six months ago and I bought like an iWatch like three years ago. And it's like, you start adding that up on like a monthly basis. And all of a sudden it's just like, it's hundreds of dollars a month. It's just that you spend them in one specific month. Yeah, once you amortize those those big purchases, the the new computer, new laptop, new tablet, new phone, you're right. I mean, and uh, you know, those are the kind of consumer goods that I'm assuming are probably taking a big hit. If you're selling luxury, uh, high tech products right now, who's who's investing in a in a a brand new gaming computer or a you know a PlayStation with all the the I mean, it's maybe some people are because if they have the means and they're stuck at home in self isolation, maybe they're actually doing better. I shouldn't say that, but. Yeah. I mean, a lot of luxury goods, I would say, are, are probably just like if you sell Rolexes, like, are you, are you going to sell a lot of Rolexes this week? Are you going to make those sales? Are you going to earn that commission or are you going to make the profit? Probably not selling too many Rolexes. If you're a buyer of Rolexes, you probably steal one right now. I mean, <laughs> probably call a buddy with a Rolex and say, hey, I'll give you 50, 50 cents on the dollar. And, and I mean, there's, there's always going to be winners and losers, but like you said, focus on your own budget, your household budget, your income that comes in your home. It's, it's not fun. Like you said, in the best of times, but uh, like I said, do it over a glass of wine, a bottle of wine, a couple of bottles of wine. And uh, you know, especially sit down with your spouse and then you and your spouse after you can sit down with your kids or, or, or if you have any kids and um, you know, most kids will understand. Like if you sit down and say, Hey, you know, mom and dad are going to be, um, you know, we're not going on any vacations for a while or, Hey, you know, we can't be, you know, spending this much month, you know, this much money per month for certain lessons or something. I mean, kids will understand, but if you, if you get on the same page with your partner and, and you figure out what you can cut, I mean, almost everybody's got 10%, right? So 10% here, 5% here, um, you know, apply for all the government subsidies, max out all the lines of credit, take out all the equity of any home or property you have, sell stuff you don't need when the market's still there. And 
you know, I think if everybody takes that mindset, you know, more, more folks will come out ahead. Um, and, and hopefully that'll ease some of the, um, the anxieties that, you know, we yeah. all fear with, with just not knowing what's going to happen. And I know that an unpopular decision from the standpoint of investors is like the whole, like, you cannot evict tenants, but honestly, like from like a societal standpoint, it's the right thing to do. Like if somebody got laid off, the last thing they want to think about is like, can I live here? Right. At, at the end yeah. of the day, um, I own properties and it's not the greatest, um, for us, but ethically it's the right thing to do. Um, we're actually pursuing like the deferrals to even offer our renters like, Hey, do you want to like, you know, if you can pay like a reduced amount instead or whatever, like, uh, we're, we're basically just communicating with our tenants and we're just saying like, Hey, like, as long as like, if, if your job's okay, cool business as usual. However, if you lose your job, please communicate to us like ASAP so that we can do our part as well. That's so smart. I mean, you're, work, you're working with them and we're all in this together. Like um, we, we have a, a property manager actually who, who does an amazing job and she's very communicative with, with our tenants. We, we have two tenants um, who unfortunately due to no, no fault of their own, just COVID-19, they just lost their jobs, right? They, they, that's what was paying the, the rent. And, and one of them pays, uh, um, well, they pay a certain amount upstairs and another person pays a certain amount in a different home downstairs. And uh, we're trying to see if we can get maybe a reduced reduced amount we're, we're going to try to apply to defer those mortgages so you know we're not going to be out thousands of dollars and they're not going to be out maybe thousands of dollars and you know hopefully they can manage to find some type of work and get some assistance and we can manage to defer a little bit and we'll take a hit they take a small hit and if if we can do that i mean then everybody comes out of it and and the, you know it's not going to be as as much of a crisis now what you were saying about uh, the eviction thing I mean, I can speak to that. I've had my, because being a realtor, I've had my, my DMs like blow up from pe uh, people who are investors or, or tenants, people who are renting. They're wondering, hey, under these circumstances or those circumstances, can I be evicted? So if you look at the order carefully, it was, it was not, um, it, was, it was talked about that if there's like a criminal offense or extraordinary circumstances that evictions could stand. So I've got tenants asking me, hey, my landlords just sold my home and the buyers have an order of vacant possession which is uh, typically a lawful uh, eviction notice uh, with proper notice given when somebody sells a home. I've also got a, a property I just sold and I'll be talking to my, my client actually after this call about it, where the tenant, um, you know, a great tenant, amazing tenant, uh, you know, was, was uh, basically concerned about um, the place selling, which it did sell and the buyers are moving into it. So the regular lawful uh, notice for possession from the buyers was about to be given, but that was an hour after the uh, premier or premier prime minister well, made the announcement about evictions. So you've got uh, an order from the highest level of government that just came down saying no evictions hour apart from when notice is being served. So it's untested, it's uncharted waters. What, what, what to do? Can these buyers perhaps delay the dates so this person can have a more comfortable transition? Can like, we're trying our best to help the tenant find a home because you know, if we can help them find a place, then it's a win-win for everyone everybody but we just don't know what's going to happen so i think if you're a landlord right now you should be really researching this calling landlord bc i know they're all working remotely as my uh, client just told me my actually a buddy of mine just told me they're working remotely so it's tough to get a hold of um the, the bc landlord uh, society or whatever it's called but try uh, they're going to be the experts and probably the first to know the latest information and if you're able to you know accommodate something for your tenants because of this new act maybe 
the other party in the transaction, the, the buyer of your property, has to accommodate later dates. I don't, I don't know. Nobody knows. Not lawyers are looking into it as we speak. I've already talked to two lawyers. If you're a tenant and you're worried about, hey, my, my landlord just sold my home. Gosh, like, where am I going to go? This is, I lost my job and they sold and, you know, they're giving me two months to, to, to move. I mean, it's horrific, right? That's a terrible situation. We can all imagine the anxiety there. So talk to the, the BC tenant or the residential tenancy um, uh, branch and, and see what direction they have from the government in terms of, uh, you know, ability to be evicted. Can uh, <clears throat> Maybe there can be some sort of um, deferral of dates where they have to give you more time. Uh, or maybe there's a, a way to accommodate that uh, or pay for something to, to help you with that move. I don't know if the government offers that, but these are tough questions and, and we're getting them every day and, and the answers just aren't there yet. So I'll probably know more today. So if anybody watching wants to reach out to me, if they're in either situation, um, just, just DM me after the call and I'll probably know a lot more. Yeah. I mean, actually I didn't think through the, like even the implications of like selling a home and then what happens if that person just lost their job? How can they even get another rental it's like hey i'm applying for this you know basement suite or you know coach house or house it's like but i have no job it's like they're never gonna get they're never gonna get picked up like that's that's a huge problem yeah yeah no it's and, and it's and there's uh i mean the, the the job loss situation is obviously the most horrific right you know anyone who loses their 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 job is is it's devastating it's just beyond uh you know anything so I mean, like you said, the, 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 I mean, the tenants have their tough situation. There's landlords and owners that have their tough situation. Everyone's in this together. I mean, if everyone could take a, a bit of a, you know, a bit of a reasonable, uh, you know, compassionate approach to the other side and realize no one's, no one's trying to screw each other for the, well, for the most part, right? People are just trying to pay their own bills. And when that conflicts with, with somebody else, um, you know, the best thing to do is not, not, not fight about it, but try to come up with a, a solution. Most of the time, if, if you're honest and genuine with, with your, either your landlord or your tenant, and you just explain the situation, maybe you don't get your 2,500 bucks, maybe you get 1,700 that month, but maybe that tenant gets to stay in their home and they feel comfortable and maybe they do find a job next month. And maybe now they're, you're only out a little bit, but you applied for a deferral. So maybe you've still made your payment and maybe they've applied for the grant and maybe they get their 500. So there's just so many moving parts at this stage. Nobody knows uh, for sure, but I'm encouraging anyone because that's on everybody's mind. That's what I've been getting all day is about, you know, what do I do if I'm a landlord? What do I do if I'm, if I'm a, a renter? So yeah, there's, there's uh, new things that are going to come out soon, which will give us more clarity and we hope yeah. that'll come soon. I mean, what I would say, like, I mean, I, again, I, I have no crystal ball. I'm not like a foremost expert in any of this, uh, but I, I do believe that, they can't, they can't freeze the real estate market for that long, right? Like in the sense of like, like sure, you can't do showings, things like that. You can do the virtual tours, which is like probably good enough. Um, but home buying and selling is A, for the government, a huge cash cow based on the, the, the fees that the government collects. Um, and also like it moves the economy like i mean construction is a huge part of the bc economy like if people aren't moving around not doing renos not building like buying and demoing houses and building them like you know like i think it's one of the first things that they're looking to really see if they can unfreeze it and like resume business as usual in my opinion yeah no you're, you're right i mean in ontario when they made the declaration uh, of what is an essential service um, you know, real estate, uh, anyone involved in real estate, in law, like lawyers, judges, uh, we're, we're all deemed essential. And, and people wonder, well, how does that 
you know, from someone who's just the perspective of what, you know, why is a lawyer essential service versus, um, you know, the restaurant owner who just had to shut down, for example. Um, I mean, it's, it's institutions, right? They're, they're trying to protect the institutions of law and order, the institutions of housing and, you know, homes. And that's obviously one of the biggest sectors of the economy. So they're trying to pr protect the institutions and making some tough decisions. Um, and obviously the hope is that, you know, some of these folks that have been, you know, not declared an essential service in Ontario and, and have had to close up shop may, maybe for good can hang on just long enough to get through this, open up shop. And then, you know, hopefully everyone who's managed to keep their, their jobs and their businesses are able to, you know, go support these, these businesses in their community and get them back on track and help them get the, the money back. Cause you know, once a, a, a place closes up shop, you're a small business owner, well, there's no jobs to go back to that. That's, that was the job maker. If you have 17 servers and six bartenders, well, you close up shop for good. You've just told 33 people they got to find a brand new job and there's no way to get through it without working somewhere else. And that's, that's where we talked about before the domino effect. Why, why do I think the market's going to more, more than likely keep on coming down and have some, have some adversity. It's the domino effect. It's, it's, if you, if you, if you look at all the jobs, I mean, you need a job to make money, you need money to buy a house, you need a down payment to buy a house. If you factor, you mess with two of those three things, you're, you know, you how would you, how would that support higher prices? You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's a backwards. So yeah, I think at this point, it's just a matter of, you know, how, how people can help each other, how people can follow the protocols. I mean, I'm sure you've seen all the you know, pictures of people on the beaches, people at uh, Stanley park, just hanging out and, and having a, having a good old time and, and not caring about COVID-19. And all I would say to those people is that, Hey, there's, you know, there's folks that I know and you know that have all lost their jobs who would gladly try to go to work to support their families because they're going to lose their house or their basement or their rental. And, you know, they're not breaking the rules. They're social distancing. And then there's folks that have nothing to lose and they're just, you know, willy nilly on the beach, like, you know, within inches of each other, uh, causing this thing to last longer than it needs to. So I, I, mean, I like hope that behavior is completely stopped, but I mean, you can't control everybody. I to guess, to right? your point, like, I mean, you know, and you mentioned it earlier, like Blue Meta, like we've been, you know, basically telling people to work from home for weeks now. And before it was like a huge issue um, as like in terms of like government mandate or anything, because it's like, look, it's like we just saw the writing on the wall. Like, it's like if you if you look at the aspects of this thing, it's like you can have it for two weeks and not enough. And the very quickly you see the domino effect of like a health and like, you know, people are like to your point around the beaches and, you know, Stanley park, et cetera. It's like, Oh, like I'm young enough that like the odds of me surviving this are incredibly high. It's like, yeah, but that's the wrong way of looking at this. Like the longer this perpetuates, the more likely you are to lose your job. If you're not worried about your life, be worried about your employment. Right. Uh, cause it is a domino effect. Everything's connected in some way and it's connected in ways that like we generally don't understand unless we're like very senior economists and beyond that, it's like the responsibility of like, well, taking care of people that, you know, are at risk. If you get it and you potentially spread it to them, it's like, that's on you as well. And like that should bear on your conscience. Um, I think we've left like once in two weeks just to get groceries and that's it. Um, you know, and it's like trying to, trying to do our best. But I mean, and not everybody can do that. And if you need to go out there to like work and to feed your family, it's like, I get it. It's like, you have to do what you have to do. But like, when it comes to leisure, it's like, that's a tough one. Yeah. So how can we, how can we end on a, on a positive note, Nick? I mean, all this uh, talk, everyone's, you know, I, I hope there's been some, you know, useful ideas in there, but 
I mean, it's, it's fun just to, you know, lack of a better word, shoot and, and kind of just connect with other people. Cause I think a lot of us are feeling isolated and, um, you know, if, I would say anyone who's feeling isolated, you know, try jumping on more of these Zoom calls. I mean, I, totally. I saw a thing, I, I saw a thing, Nick, that Gary V posted. He was like, you know, imagine if this was not, what did he say? He said, imagine this was 1988 and uh, this happened and we had no cell phones, no FaceTime, no video conferencing. Um, and we were all legitimately stuck in our homes with no technology to, 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 to you know, to reach people and you look at you know last year before this COVID, how demonized was was technology for for you know taking us away from the personal touch and communication and um it's all perspective right i mean that's a funny point to make but it's like imagine if this was 1988 and we were having this call on you know old landlines and it was we're not seeing each other and you've got a tape recorder and you're trying to what are you, we're, how are you gonna we're gonna put this out on social media there's no social media uh yes, it's just be us having a conversation shooting and uh, we'd feel a lot more isolated. Um, but we've got social media. We've got ways to connect with people. We've got, you know, you can FaceTime your family. You can, you can, you know, have a have a night. Like I'm going to plan a night this uh, this upcoming week with a few buddies of mine, and we're going to do a video call, and we're going to have a couple beers, and we're going to yeah. shoot it like we would if we were just at the pub. And you know what? It's not as fun as being at the pub. Obviously, we'd be at the Clayton Pub right now if that was the case. But <laughs> totally. but, but totally. Uh, obviously, right? But I mean, it's you know what can you do right you gotta you gotta yeah. you gotta enjoy the, the time the enjoy what you can enjoy because you know we're all there's like the mental health aspect too of, of being isolated and, and not leaving your home and if you live by yourself i mean that's even even more compounded so i think you know on a positive note i think what people can do is obviously stay safe wash your hands do all the things that we've been hearing and and just listen i mean the faster we get well the more that we listen to those rules the faster this will go by and you'll be able to go back to work you'll be able to go back to the to the movies i mean i think our world will probably have a, a different way of doing business for some time and maybe indefinitely which might be positive might be a small small silver lining from all of this but you know if you focus on the doom and gloom and the market and your your stocks coming down and and, and all that all day you're just going to go insane so do all the safe things that goes without saying but you know, try to save your mental health and, and, you know, you can still go for walks in uncrowded places. You can still, you know, get outside, sit on your patio. Don't just be stuck inside. FaceTime anyone you can. There's a new uh, app called, um, I think it's called House Party. Have you heard of that one, Nick? Uh, I, yes, I think I saw somebody using it. it was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, House Party. So a few buddies of mine were telling me about it and I looked it up and you can have like 20 people on this uh, similar to a Zoom call. And, you know, I had a, a friend of mine who did it last week with all of his buddies and they were all like cheersing and having a beer and eating dinner together. And it was like a dinner party, uh, a virtual yeah. dinner party. So, I mean, you can alleviate some of that anxiety and stress by, by trying to socialize with people, people you love and care about. And then last thing is, is uh, from my perspective, just being in real estate, um, you know, biggest expense for anyone is always their housing expense nine times out of 10. So if you can find out a way through, um, if you're renting, uh, talk lots to your landlord. I mean, most, most people are good people. I mean, you're going to find, you know, 95% of people are, are compassionate, caring people and don't want to be evicting you or, or having any, any friction there. They want to work with you. So if you talk to your landlord, reach out, find out the resources online, talk to, you know, the, uh, the tenancy branch and, and find out, um, you know, what's available. They've got great resources on their website. Um, some of them, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, Nick, uh, some of them, uh, Nick mentioned, uh, you mentioned um, were 500 bucks, um, you know, per month for a certain amount of time yeah. towards your rent, which is huge. 500 bucks can be half your rent paid for if you're in a basement perhaps. Um, and then if you're a landlord and you can challenge with maybe your basement suite tenants not paying and maybe you lost your job and you can't pay your mortgage without that payment, 
talk to your tenants. I mean, if it's, if it's a surprise on the first, how much money you're getting, it's not going to be good for anybody. But if you get ahead of it, you talk to them, have a compassionate conversation, understanding conversation, you know, hopefully, you know, they can pay maybe most of the rent or half the rent. And then maybe you can get a deferral on your mortgage payments. And what everyone's, I, I read the comments about, oh, the interest. Oh no, don't do that because the interest rates, you know what, screw the interest. If you can defer something now in a time of crisis and you pay more money later when you've got a job, you probably don't care. I mean, if you need to do it, do it. On the other hand, if you're, if you're in the boat of someone who doesn't need to defer it and you've got the means and the wealth, I mean, I would say morally and ethically, this isn't the time to be applying for all kinds of subsidies if, if you're not in need because, I mean, you're taken out of the hands of someone who does need and uh, that's a problem. So, you know, be responsible, but take advantage of the programs. That's, that's why we love it. I love this country. I mean, you've got, you know, a, a government that's, that's reaching out to give us some, some help in this time of need. And then, like you said at the beginning of the call, Nick, um, you know, whatever you can do to pivot your business if you are in business. And I know that represents maybe a small amount of people who would ever watch this, but, you know, try to find ways to pivot. Reach out to Nick. I mean, you're the expert marketer. You, you know different ways to innovate and, and pivot your business, whether it be a brick and mortar to an online or delivery from a, from a come into the store. I mean, there's, there's ways to do it. Uh, they just lifted bylaws when it comes to delivery today. Does that mean you can open up a beer delivery service? I don't know. But let me know if you're watching this because I'll call them right away. Um, so, I mean, there's all kinds of things you can do. And um, just, just have patience with people. Be compassionate. I mean, this is, this is some weird shit. I mean, for lack of a better think, word. Yeah, I think that if there's one good thing that's going to come out of this whole situation is that it's going to force people to communicate more. Um, I think that in a very busy world where it's like, you know, business as usual, like whether it's like you're going to a job, whether you're a business owner, whether whatever, it's like, there's a lot of like, just like, yeah, things are going, they're, they're fine. And you know, it's like, you don't really get to know people. You don't have to be, you don't have to be, um, you don't have to be purposeful in making connections with others. Now you do. If you don't really carve out that time to connect with others, you're not going to. So for some people that'll be like, cool, I, I, I don't like people, but like after three days, you like people. If you're, if you're isolated, yeah. right? Like tr <laughs> trust me, um, yeah. you know, even the most introverted of people are going to be like, I kind of want to talk to someone. Right. Um, so I think that that's the best thing that's going to happen. I, I, I hope that as a society and like as a, as a human race, like we learn how much we depend on each other out of this. Like that's really like my two cents. Uh, because I do not think people really truly understand how interconnected we all are, like to the to the real extent that we are. Um, so hopefully that's like for me, like that, that's my wish list item. Like, hey, hopefully people understand how important everyone is to each other, whether you know them or not. Yeah, I think that's I think it's a, a great I think it's a great way to to kind of leave it there. Um, I, I hope we can do hope <laughs> we can do more. I hope we can do more of these. And um, yeah, I mean I don't know who's gonna watch this, but anyone watching who wants to reach out if they've got a business and they want to you know shoot shit about ideas, my schedule just opened up quite a bit, guys. So uh, <laughs> happy to chat business, uh, politics, my two favorite topics with anybody, um, anyone who needs marketing advice. I mean, talk to Nick; he's the expert. But um, other than that, that's, uh, that's all I got for now. So why don't we uh, maybe hopefully get on a call sometime soon again and, and check in and hopefully we'll be having a, a little more uh, uplifting conversation, isn't it? Uh, or virtual beers. Yes. Well, next time we got to bring beer to it because that, uh, that'll go a long way. <laughs>